Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from the temporary Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. Um, we're getting close to um, finalizing our deals and everything for the Drunk Gossip Studio, so um, that's going to happen soon. Yay! And we're going to really commit to it this time. Um, well, to be fair, we were in the old Drunk Gossip Studios for almost two years. So if that's not a commitment, I don't know what is. Um, and speaking of commitment, after almost 30 years of marriage, Todd Palin has filed for divorce from a former uh, vice presidential candidate, Sarah Palin. Now, uh, a lot of people will recall that Sarah Palin, um, is credited with the more Trumpian politics. Um, she was the precursor to alternative facts, to truth is not truth. And in fact, she is probably um, one of the um, very first people not to know anything about the government um, that was going to hold such a high office. Um, now, we've heard that Todd and Sarah's marriage has been bad for quite some time. Uh, Todd was apparently very upset with Sarah's handling of Bristol's pregnancy. And we know that, um, their eldest son, Trip ended up beating up his father, but we never found out why. Um, we just know that Tripp was arrested on domestic violence charges, but we were never treated to the answer as to what happened between father and son. Um, in, in the paperwork that was filed, Todd cited irreconcilable differences, and it said that the marriage, um, had become so toxic that there was not one redeeming quality about it. Now imagine being one of their kids and there's not one quality about your parents' marriage that was redeemable. Not one of them. Um, ever since Sarah, uh, Sarah and John McCain famously lost the 2008 election to uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden... Sarah has actually stayed fairly visible. Um, she had a adventure series. Um, she was a contributor on Fox News. At one point, she was rumored to have been in contention for a position on Trump's cabinet. Now... There's a little controversy about um, where she would have fit, but most people have her at the VA, um, as the head of the VA. Again, there obviously it didn't happen, and the reason why it didn't happen, people say, is because she embarrassed Trump. They went out to dinner. Um, and he was having her meet some of the dignitaries. 
and she had her head on the table and was very sloppy and drunk. And why, oh, why could not Tina Fey not reprise her role just for that visual alone? Again, um, for those who for those who don't remember, Tina Fey portrayed Sarah Palin, um, and in fact was so good that things that Tina said would often end up as direct quotes from Sarah Palin herself. It was a very confusing time in our history. Just like now when, you know, um, you know, when, when we're supposed to be avoiding idiots and then Sarah Palin is the top story on Drunk Gossip. What the fuck is that about? Um... <laughs> Um, I don't know, but there's construction going on behind me, so I'm going to take a break, yell at them, and get them to stop, and I will be right back. And I'm back. Former uh, Disney stars Jordan Pruitt and Ricky Garcia have both leveled allegations of pedophilia against former managers. Um, and in Jordan's case, she actually filed a Jane Doe lawsuit, which was she later revised to include her name, um, the name of her manager, um, and Hollywood Records, which is owned by Disney. And I mean that uh, that was just a big step for her. Ricky Garcia is coming out. And relaying his story, saying that when he was part of Forever On Your Mind, um, starting at the age of 12, his manager, Joby Hunter, would groom and molest him, and he did so throughout um, Garcia's teen years. As... As Me Too exploded, Antilier over at Crazy Days and Nights predicted that this was going to happen. That we were going to see the... Um, we were going to see very big strides in bringing down the pedophilia rings that had been so pervasive in Hollywood for so long. And to that end... Um, we've seen a number of high-profile women come forward and admit to being... Uh, men and women, I should say. High-profile people. Not women. Um, but people like Rosie O'Donnell, who admitted that her father um, molested her. Um, right. She, um, they have... Um, they have said, like, you know, Jeffrey Epstein was at the very epic center of this, and now he is dead. And there's a feeling among a lot of people who are covering the story that Epstein's death was the the force that needed um, to happen, or was the, was the event that needed to happen in order to help these these survivors 
unleash and speak their truth. Now, of course, these are just two stories, um, but they're very similar, and we're going to hear more and more as this goes on. According to NT Lawyer, um, Don Schroeder, over at, who was over at Nickelodeon for the longest time, creating um, hit show after hit show for them, was one of the worst, and he had a foot fetish, so he would take pictures of the girl's feet, and um, you can imagine the rest of that story. Um, and in fact, on more than one occasion, Inti Lawyer has insinuated that Amanda Bynes has many stories to tell about what happened between her and Dan and how her parents essentially sold her to him because they wanted to keep bringing in some extra money. You know, I, I, I just keep trying to figure out and think, how is this even possible? Like, where were the adults? But the adults were... The adults were the ones perpetrating the crimes. There was no safe person for these kids to go talk to. So they had to put up with years of abuse because they didn't have anyone they could trust. And that really is the true crime here. Like, you know, jokes and everything aside, it's it's very sad to me that, that, that this is a thing that happened. Um, you know, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Kids deserve to be protected and, and loved and whatever. And it's sad when that doesn't happen, you know? I'm going to take a break and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, it was announced today that Saturday Night Live is adding three new featured players. Um, Chloe Feynman, Shane Gillis, and Bowen Yang. Um, Bowen Yang is actually making history on Saturday Night Live this year as the first Asian American uh, cast member. Uh, he appeared earlier um, in, in this past season playing Kim Jong-un and um, producers were really impressed with him and obviously they worked out a deal for him to um, join the cast um, and you know that's really terrific um, Lauren Michael I think really learned from his big big gap um, I'm trying to think it was it was a hot minute ago. Um, uh, Leslie, Leslie Jones hadn't had joined the cast yet, so it had to be like six years or so. Um, and he said that black women weren't funny. And the controversy and blowback was so great um, that a lot of people thought that that was how Leslie Jones actually ended up um, getting the gig in the first place. Lauren... Uh, Lauren denied that, of course, and um, 
three minutes later, I think Leslie Jones has proven that she was worthy of carrying that mantle. So, with the three new cast members, we're already embroiled in the first Saturday Night Live controversy of the new season. Cast member Shane Gillis made made a video last September, or last October, rather, I'm sorry, 11 months ago, um, which he was using racial slurs against Asian people. Um, He called them all sorts of offensive names, including uh, chinks and noodles. It was for another groundbreaking comedy show. And when I say groundbreaking, I mean... It's so bad you hit your head on the ground and it breaks. Um, and people are up in arms, you know, saying, Roseanne got fired for less, why, why isn't this dude getting fired? Dude just got the damn job. And Roseanne tweeted while she had a massively huge show. This dude did it when he wasn't working. Now, does that make it right? Of course not. But they're not going to fire him for an old offensive tweet. What they're probably going to do is force him to apologize, go on a press tour with um, with his new castmate, and talk about this very uncomfortable situation. Because that's what Lauren Michaels does. He knows how to play the game better than just about anybody else. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that he does so super-duper well is he... He plays the PR game. You can sit here and tell me you don't think he knew... But he had these people investigated before he hired them. There's no way anyone is going to convince me otherwise. And and here's why no one's going to convince me otherwise. The man has been running Saturday Night Live for 40 years. And he is not about to give up his moneymaker... And he's not going to let anything bring his moneymaker down. That's just the truth of it all. I know people don't want to hear that. I know people um, think that he's just an old man and he was trying to give an opportunity to these kids. No, he knew. And he wants to use it to leverage more publicity for the new season. And it's a really brilliant way to do it, actually, if you think about it. But then everything Lauren does is usually brilliant in one sense or another. And I'm going to be brilliant by taking a break and coming right back. And I'm back. So, you know, we've, I've talked about Evergreen um, pieces before. Um, including just um, earlier this week. 
Um, and, you know, evergreen pieces are very important. And here's why. I haven't written a, a piece for HVY in more than a month now. And when I was checking my stats on a more regular basis, I was noticing I was consistently hitting between 359 and 370. It's just a span of 11 page views, but it's very significant. And here's why. With those... Um, with those page views, it's, it's basically saying I'm guaranteed those no matter what. No matter how, how low I might sink or how high I might go my base will, with what I have up there right now, would probably stick around there. Now this, uh, and again, this is an important thing because when you, when you have enough, like I'm, um, over on vocal, my base is about 4,000, um, page views every 30 days that means no matter what I could go six months without writing for them and I'm still racking up the money um because I have so many articles that people are still seeking them um it's the same thing I'm doing over on medium where um obviously I just started writing for them on a on a more regular basis, but I'm compiling a, I'm compiling a, um, a completely different set of, um, of articles and essays that I feel will hold up and stand the test of time, and eventually. Um, give way to um, making me another stream of passive income. Um, in this case, um, one of the, one of my cornerstones is is a piece um, on dissociative identity disorder and uh, Sybil, uh, and she basically. Um, Sybil uh, what I do is I take her case and evaluate it using some of the newest research from 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 DID um, to see if her her original diagnosis stands the test of time Uh, because there was some controversy about whether or not she actually had had it or if the original doctor maybe coerced her into believing she did because he wanted to make some extra money and you know he wanted to make um, a name for himself 
Um, as it turns out, Sybil herself wasn't even truly sure. Allegedly, she told one doctor that she did not have it. And that she, um, the original doctor planted memories of her disassociating. Um, and that she, she does not believe that she ever had multiple personalities. However, at near the end of her life, she told a friend that she did indeed have multiple personalities and um she she even signed a letter saying yes I most certainly did have multiple personalities and this is what we talked about you know this is this is what happened sorry we're our new temporary studios are right near the main road and you can hear everything unfortunately um we're working on a fix on that but for right now thank you for being patient um and back to Sybil um so you know I thought well this is a really interesting and while while it's true um you know the diagnosis and the and the sim well not the symptoms but like some things in in mental illness and any kind of illness really changes that's that's a given okay no one's shocked by this but sometimes they stay the same and I think that um not sometimes they stay the same the basic information the basic information of the civil case is going always going to stay the same and so that's why I did that's why I did it I wanted to try a case study with that and it was a lot of fun to do um and it it was a it it was an extremely popular article um not something I was expecting to be honest um Another one that was really super duper popular was the unsolved mystery of the closet mummy. Um, That was the Dorian Corey story. And that has just taken on a life of its own. Um, It's just every single week I'm getting more money for it. It's getting more views. And again, the reason why is because... Um, in this case, it hit a niche um, with the LGBTQ community um, and, and a strong tie to pose, of course, helped. Um, but, but overall, just, you know, there's not a lot of information on it. And what little information there is can seem kind of outdated. So a refresher every year or something is not out of the question or you know as we approach anniversaries um we can or important dates in any of these figures lives you know we can toss that out we can talk about it a little bit more we can talk about more stuff and build on the original story 
but having that original story is um, probably the best thing I could have done. Um, so that's why when I talk to you guys about evergreen articles and why I do them, this is why. But I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. So I know we've had a relatively short episode um, compared to what we've been doing, but um, but I think that's okay. And um, this segment's not going to be super long either. Um, but it's just full of just drama. So as It Chapter 2 looks to take a second weekend atop the box office, there is a, some... Not, <laughs> there are, there's a story making the rounds that... Bill Skarsgård and his girlfriend had a baby 11 months ago, which is all cute and whatnot. Um, you know, congratulations, there are always an order for that. But there's a little twist to this whole thing. And come on, I mean, you knew there had to be, otherwise why would I be talking about it? So, Bill, uh, Bill Skarsgård has always been super duper tight with his brother, Alexander and as they've been as they've been tight um they would spend a lot of time together and they would be spending time with Alexander's best friend Ferris Ferris so um Ferris Ferris was dating uh, Alita Moorberg, who happens to now be Bill Skarsgård's baby mama. So how did that come to be? Well, they were all hanging out one night. Um, Ferris and Alexander went off to do whatever they went off to do and Bill thought it was a good idea to hit on his friend's girl okay that that's bad and I mean let's face it that's friendship ending right there anyway what's even worse Alita went along with it now there are some rumors that it, um, there was a little bit of swinging going on and um you know, it was not the first time that they'd um, spent time together like that, so to speak. Uh, I don't have any confirmation that that's the fat that that's the case, um, but I mean, let's be real here. It's not all that shocking or outside the realm of possibility. So. They are, you know, things got a little awkward when she got pregnant and had to tell her then-boyfriend that he wasn't necessarily the baby daddy. How how do you have that conversation? By the way, you know, one night I was born and I screwed your friend. Like, how does that conversation work? Um... I know it sounds really facetious, but I don't mean it to, to really. I, you know, I'm genuinely trying to understand how, um, 
how that works. Because, you know, you we keep hearing all these stories about celebrities sleeping around with their friends and whatnot. But we never find out, like, what the other person's reaction is. Is it like, bro, why did you do that? Like, who gets the blame? Do they both get the blame? Like, they should? Does the guy get the blame? Does the girl get the blame? I want to know these things. I need to know these answers. So, um, anyways. So, obviously, Ferris broke up with Alita. And Alita got with Bill. Which takes the awkward situation and makes it even more so. So now we're dealing with, like, awkward on top of awkward. And... So... It's a group splintered, and Alexander's kind of caught in the middle. Because, I mean, obviously... Bill is his brother. The baby is his nephew, or, or niece, rather. Um, you know, you don't just necessarily turn your back on family. But, Bill is totally in the wrong here. And, you know, he needs to be a good friend of Ferris who lost his girl and baby in one fell swoop. And, just on a random note, Olivia Munn was in, um, in a group picture with them randomly. And, like, that's not a facetious randomly. Like, they, like, it was, it was just really bizarre and random that she was just there. Like, surprise! <laughs> I don't know what that's about. <laughs> um, so, I know this week we've been a little bit short on content and whatnot. Honestly, it's um, partly due to trying to get everything set with the new Drunk Gossip Studios. Um, it's a little bit... There's not very much gossip going on right now. Um, no big stories are breaking or anything like that. Um, so, uh, I mean, even page six keeps running the same headline about Miley Cyrus being all over um, her new girl. It's like, okay, we get it. Um, so, uh, hopefully things start to pick back up. Um, we will be returning to a daily episode. Um... Probably next... Maybe next week. I will say this for sure. Um, Our next episode will probably be Monday. And get ready because Will has planned a supersize political recap for you guys. So that's going to do it for me for uh, today. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, cheers.